Hey everybody, welcome to the uh, very, very late episode of Push to Talk. I'm here with uh, the usual crew. I've got Caleb back here on video with me. Say hey, Caleb. Caleb, can you hear me? We couldn't hear you. Oh, super fun. I was even using the Push to Talk there in Discord, even after I unmuted. So it's a little something there with Discord we'll work on. I said, say hey, Caleb. Hey, guys. We got RJ here with us. I think RJ, are you still in the car? No, I'm in Hobby Lobby right now. Oh, Hobby Lobby. Joining us on the road live with his family is the ever-present RJ. Currently looking at uh, knobs for dressers. So replace, uh, replacement knobs. Knobs for dressers at Hobby Lobby. Yeah, they have a whole aisle of them and they're pretty cool. Like there's an elephant head over here and a uh, deer head as well, which is pretty cool. Interesting. I would not have. I would expect you to be at like Lowe's or Home Depot or something, dude. Uh, we're we're multitasking. There you go. And we've got McLeod across the pond. How you doing, McLeod? I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm glad that RJ has joined us from Hobby because uh, was that Hobby? Was that Hobby? Hobby Village or whatever? Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby. This one. Yes, uh, it gives us a, a very diverse set of uh, topics. So yeah, so the uh, Imical uh, has noticed that uh, over on Caleb's window, there is a microphone muted symbol. I'm not yeah, muting. It's just that I'm being suppressed by Skype. Dum dum dum. It's <laughs> what happens when McCloud tweets out about the NSA and my computer. Immediately, things weird start happening, right? Um, that happens to be, so I got something like the fall creators patch, which took like an hour and a half or hour and three quarters to patch, maybe a little longer than that. Um, it was insane when I came home from a birthday party and, uh, and turned on my computer and bammo, there it was. Um, so the challenge we have is I got a new version of Skype. Um, I have to capture it in a weird way and we always mute Skype. Um, so Skype, this version of Skype is showing the muted um, because we talk over Discord rather than Skype and we're pulling the video from Skype. So that, so that makes sense. I think some of those uh, Windows updates is kind of like rape. They just force you right into it. Uh, well, the, the, the motto is just let it happen. Yeah, no, yeah. just let it happen. I want to say worry. I don't uh, want it to happen before my show. Right. No wanting, no wanting to keep you away. Windows is going in dry. Not wanting to give you uh, a little hint, little tip like live and all that kind of thing, but if Caleb on his end actually mutes his Skype, like mutes mutes his uh, inbound, like incoming Skype, Ooh. like he like mutes his microphone, and you can unmute and still not get the kind of the dual thing going on. You want to try that, Caleb? Look at that! I can make things appear on the screen. So I was, I'm supposed to mute what? Your inbound My sound for me. Skype. No, not you talking. Right? You want to mute me. I don't have that option. See? I don't know. Way, way too. I don't know. Maybe you Americans have a different version of Skype. It's not good. <laughs> hey, we give each other advice live all the time. This is not a very professional show, as you all know. We like to have fun and uh, and be a little less professional. 
RJ, if you pick out a new set of knobs for whatever cabinet you're picking them out for, please let us know what uh, what you pick out. It'll be interesting. Actually, we're, we're pulling up shop here. We're going to go next to the uh, dollar store next door. Okay. So, yeah, so we're not getting any of the knobs. No knobs. we get some Valentine's Day hearts. Never, never not rib McLeod. <laughs> you know, when I was reading that, never not rib McLeod, right? I'm like, the first thing that came to mind if I was skimming that would have been never not order the McRib. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and bring that in the realm of fast food delicacies, the uh, the next expectation coming up here in the U.S. is the uh, is the Shamrock Shake. So, you know, just remember that everybody coming out. In about oh two three weeks, maybe 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 two weeks, maybe three weeks, is the big green monster, the ever present Shamrock Shake, minty goodness, baby. Do you get that over where you are, Caleb? You ever yeah you, you McDonald's? You, you go get Shamrock Shakes. Shamrock Shakes? No, we don't have that. But huh. uh, there is a Scandinavian tradition of uh, of uh, all kinds of McFish stuff. Well. You got a lot of fish over there, right? You get, like they have like the I don't know what kind of sandwich. Well, I know they have. Uh, I think it's herring uh, in Norway. Filet or herring? Yeah, something like that. They they have some special uh, uh, sandwiches for with fish. Well, they're pretty special. <laughs> Rotten fish. It's a delicacy there. <laughs> that's what somebody nah, said. That's Iceland. Yeah, that's Iceland. Okay, they do have something similar in Sweden as well. I want to point out that we did use the actual correct intro today that, you know, took many passes again with Uller's fabulous music and whoever did that video for us. Thank you. It's pretty cool. We just need to get McLeod in there somewhere. McLeod, do you have the Shamrock Shake over there in the uh, in the old UK? I don't know. I I, I don't frequent, like, um, Mackie's, Mackie D's, like... Uh, often enough to know whether that's actually the case, but uh, I do know that like when it's um, that we people do the the shamrock kind of thing on heads of uh, uh, Guinness. I'm pretty sure that it's just often. a colloquialism for being uh, robbed by an Irishman. Robbed by an Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> I get to the shamrock, shamrock shake or we'll knife you. Could be could be like a new dance, right? New craze. <laughs> Oh, cool! We can, yeah, we got to get a picture or something for McLeod. That's the problem. I need, yeah, I need to get something done. Like, uh, I need to. I, in fact, I think there's a Eve London coming up soon, so I'll probably go to that and you know uh, take some pictures and stuff. That'd be cool. You should just be passed out, laying over a bar with a Guinness <laughs> right beside you. Just, yeah, that, that's what I wanted to do. I want to go down to my my little bar down the street and you know be passed out or something. <laughs> cool we'll figure it out Eve London Eve London Lord Inner wants to know all I, about I Eve just, London I, so I let's do a little announcement see it. <laughs> well we can't announce something that we don't know exactly so I'm just going to check Eve, Eve I don't know anything about it I don't know what you're talking about right, Phil Phil while I'm finding out if we're, we're a professional organization <laughs> <laughs> We we have user submission of options for McLeod. 
Oh, right. Do we? Don't worry. Creative's got, got last call on all that stuff. We'll be good. Are we going to talk some Eve? We're going to talk some Eve. Gaming stuff first, right? We can talk gaming stuff first. Shoot. Lead us on, Caleb. Um, we were talking about topics, and uh, one of the things that's been uh, hot uh, in EVE as well is the whole uh, RMT and botting issue and why it's uh, uh, about time that uh, we see another Unholy Rage era in, uh, in EVE. I think that's uh, a problem that is pretty much endemic in all gaming uh, industry. How does and explain to me how anybody actually makes money RMTing in Eve? Because I sit there, and I, you know, I've gone out and looked at these sites. You know, you know, get you know fifty billion, you know, you know, isk, and you know, give you five dollars. It's the it's the unholy trinity, right? It, it's it's kind of like the triangle tr uh, trade uh, uh, that's circumventing all the things that benefit the the fair players and uh, uh, the actual developer so you have uh, botting that basically usually feeds into a middleman and then the middleman is then uh, RMTing to uh, get his cut of uh, of the generated resource right so it, anything that's botted is usually uh, botted to be sold directly to casual players that credit card warrior um, with real money, but they do it outside of the game developer. Yeah, but how do you make like real money doing this? I mean, seriously. I mean, you think so much botting's going on that you know people are making like like an individual person like me. How how would I bot and make money at it, Caleb? Well, uh, there's a lot of different types of bots, and I was discussing this with Dirk, right? Um, there's uh, things like uh, logistics bots that basically shipping things around and uh, fairly easy to to code. And then of course there's the mining bots uh, and then the the ratting bots. And uh, I don't know where things are now. I've only seen a bot uh, running uh, once in my life uh, at a friend's house uh, way back in like 2009 or something like that. Uh, so I don't know uh, how far they've come, but I. I do know that it's pretty uh, extensive, and they've grown really good at, uh, at coding them. So uh, it's it's uh, it's a matter of uh, gaining the benefit of uh, running something uh, 23/7, right? You can't compete with that, and that's regardless of whether you are multi-account uh, mining uh, in in static belts. That's actually profitable because you have the uh, benefit of time. Yeah, and as uh, as um, uh, Ramelcast in the uh, in the chat says, five dollars in the U.S. doesn't actually get you that much. But I'll take that five dollars and go over to I don't know, like um, Nepal or somewhere. Yeah, then okay, you're, quite then you're adding the sweatshops, right? Then yeah, then then five quid takes you a long way, and that's when you know the whole kind of idea of RMT actually does. Kind of, but like that's fundamentally. I hate they make. Right? they make sense. Like it is fundamentally illegal. Yeah. Sweatshopping is not necessarily illegal. It's only illegal if the resources from the sweatshopping is then sold on, right? Well, it depends on the locality, right? 
what the local laws are in regards to that. Yeah, but but the the burden of proof that that there's something illicit going on is still on the side of uh, the developers to a, to an extent, right? They do have full right to ban anyone, but if I'm a I don't know a, a Russian mobster and I put a lot of uh, uh, orphan kids, uh, care for kids in a in an orphanage uh, in front of computers mining all day, I can't really you can't really prove that that's illegal use, right? It's it's fundamentally illegal. It's only when those resources are then sold on real money well it's not botting essentially you know the the there is a human behind every single ship in that regard is just the fact that you know they're you know like five years old yeah and the, the point is that you won't be able to easily detect detect that it's uh sweat shopping because it's not running on a bot so there's no uh easy to catch repetition thing going on this is true it's abhorrent but it's true i don't know if that's an extensive uh, problem but of course it might actually <laughs> be going on but i think it's more a problem in other games where it's not so niche as it is in eve i think one of the more uh, serious problems uh, is the one that uh, was hinted at in a in an episode of talking in station that there is a uh, a thing with uh, money laundering and uh, computer games and rmg Oh yeah, there's. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of been happening a lot with uh, some of the most sort of uh, most popular games uh, as of late, especially something like uh, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, otherwise known as PUBG. Um, a lot and of people. Of course, there's there's the, mm -hmm. the the current Trump connection. I don't know if you guys know about that. Oh god! Oh, oh Trump connection, to Eve. Oh, Let's hear it. Yeah, no, there's a, there's an actual literal Trump connection. Because uh, can I can I hold on, hold on. Can I repatriate my ISK back to the U.S. and get a tax break? Is this what you were going to talk about? No, it's the fact <laughs> that uh, that Trump's uh, good friend Bannon used to run IGE, that was the big uh, virtual currency uh, trading site, and made a lot of money, like millions, uh, on uh, selling uh, ISK mm. and uh, World of Warcraft gold. I, I don't think they're <laughs> I don't think they're very good friends right now. I know they're not that good friends right now, but it's just funny <laughs> that there's a connection between those illicit uh, real-life uh, well, politics stuff and EVE Online. I think that's hey, a little hey, bit funny. This isn't MSNBC, okay, or well, CNN. I, I, was, I, I would like to qualify a tenuous connection, because you can be involved in an organization and not know that certain things actually happen. Like, you can Fake be news. involved in IGN and not, real, not be involved in any way, shape, or form with the... You know, RMT and selling of like. Yeah, we're not we're not trying to stuff. we're not trying to win. IGE, it's closed. IGE, it's sorry. We're not trying to win one of sorry. Trump's fake news awards. Come on, Caleb. Come on, seriously. <laughs> I just Fuck. think that the, the connection is funny. It's also back to the 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 aluminum. Uh, aluminum. I, I did say aluminum for the American audience. Aluminium. Uh, aluminum. Aluminium. Yeah, the aluminium uh, uh, tycoon from Russia that. Uh, Threw like hundreds of thousands of dollars into Eve and uh, and bought his whole uh, alliance. Well, I mean that was legit though. Like you know he yeah, he, he took he one, took second one, <laughs> yeah, second time around. He, he, he took he started he took, with RMT, right? Well, yeah, but he took money outside of the game and pushed it into the game rather than taking ISK from the game and pulling it out into real money. Yeah, see, that's uh, all and, fine yeah. as long as you throw so the it's, at so, it. So so. Putting it in is okay, but pulling it out is bad. That's that, is that what we're saying, guys? Especially yes. if it's dry. The point is that, <laughs> the point is that uh, if you're doing it through the legal uh, 
channels, right? If you're doing it with uh, Plex and giving your money to CCP, most players will accept that that's perfectly fine. It's a little bit potentially pay-to-win, but as we all know, the whole pay-to-win factor is really not that great in EVE. Just remember, there's a substantial penalty for pulling out uh, late. Yeah, oh, yeah. We all know about that one. Especially when you send one past the goalpost. This is a segue for to <laughs> talk about uh, initiative probing uh, holes. Hey, we may have found a gay hole, but it's all good. It's all good, baby. Yeah, the, so, the hole was the hole was labeled G A Y DAC two TAC two fifty. Nice. <laughs> One of the things that's often uh, skipped over a little bit when people are talking about RMTing and botting is the actual effect on the game of these two things, right? Um, I, I kind of uh, pointed it out to uh, the people that, that managed to talk about it just uh, towards the end of talking in station. What botting actually does is it totally undermines the value of legit players' playtime, right? Because of the mm -hmm. effect that they can run it 23-7. That means that if you can only play like two hours per day and they can play for 20 hours per day, your value is uh, reduced to a tenth, right? Yeah, you're right there. I mean, botting is bad. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to say it's good and, and, and RMTing isn't great either, right? But just to understand what the actual effect is on the game it's that it, it, it undervalues your time uh, effectively right and and rmt is so funny enough it's it's the other way around right uh, when you have things that are bought through a store basically what R rmting is doing is it's undermining uh the price conversion right so if if you uh take something like plex if you buy a plex from ccp it has one cost if you buy it uh by rmting it's cheaper, so you, they are undercutting uh, CCP. That means that you're getting less developer time and less revenue stream to the the developer, and uh, in effect, they are undermining the value of the entire uh, game content, right? The, the stream of money that should be going towards CCP in order to pay for you know, further advancement of the game is being redirected to random people around the internet, essentially. Yeah, it's basically, uh, uh, it's it's uh, short uh, short selling, or uh, uh, it's basically disconnecting legit players and CCP from the ecosystem and economy of the game, which is basically what destroys a, a game if it is allowed to actually continue. You could argue that uh, <laughs> uh, if they are balanced. If the degree of botting and RMT is balanced, so it's basically bots creating assets, selling it to casual idiots, and then a middleman taking a, a small percentage, then it's kind of a little closed economy that doesn't really impact the legit players, especially in a game like EVE. But in other games, it definitely becomes detrimental. I don't know. I just never found it easy to make money in, in games like WoW or, or things like that, so... It really isn't. It's not easy at all. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, you know, people put together botting programs because, you know, you can go and do whatever and it will do it for you. Again, it's, it's difficult for players to, to make money if there is botting going on because it undermines any efficiency of their invested time, which is also why I'm such a huge fan of Lifeblood. Mm -hmm. I think it's the most 
brilliant idea that a game developer ever had when it comes to uh, resource uh, respawn rates. But the other thing, the other kind of thing, which is kind of uh, a little bit awkward, is when it comes to CCP. CCP have have to kind of look at how much effort is required to make the ISK that pays for a month's worth of game time, and be able to, you know, base to be able to balance it well enough so that people who have the time to be able to do that can get that done without it being soul-destroying and, like, you know, brain-melting. Uh, you know, brain-meltingly dull. But still, you know, but still have that resource available there for people who don't have the time to literally just go in and pay for X amount of ISK, you know, by going through Plex. And just to comment on uh, chat, uh, the market manipulations in other games is usually because pretty much every other game out there that I know of is all auction house based and it's all sellers markets. There's pretty much no game out there that's got an exchange uh, based uh, trading system. So there's no buy orders in other games. Um, that means that it's extremely easy to do uh, things like cornering and market manipulation. In EVE, that's not that easy because you can't really know how much stock is available. And uh, because of buy orders, uh, it gets resupplied pretty fast to someone to come in and remove your cornering. And a side note, go ahead. If you've never thought about going to Dollar, the Dollar Tree or Dollar Store and looking at all of their glasses. There are some excellent beer mugs and wine glasses. Beer mug and wine glass selection. How about shot glasses? They get good, good shot glasses. Okay. Uh, well, each one of them is like a dollar, and it's like one of those, like, you know how you're just going to have one glass of wine? These things are huge. <laughs> like, I'm just going to have one glass. It's literally the entire bottle. And they're a dollar. <laughs> and there's so many of them. When we go on vacation, the first thing that we do is we go to a certain restaurant because they have a extra large glass of wine for the ladies, and they all seem to love it. <laughs> yeah, these wine glasses are huge. But yeah, don't put down freaking uh, dollar stores because holy crap! Like I want to revamp everything right now, just so I can get even more freaking toasted. <laughs> That's funny. It's a dollar. How how you know how good can it be? Here, I, I got an idea. I'm going to take a picture <laughs> and I'm gonna put it in the Discord of the beer mugs, the whole freaking box of beer mugs that I just found that are a buck a piece. You see, hope, hopefully there are some people who have watched that Vine, uh, who, who have watched Vine stuff before and realized that that I just used a meme there, but you know. So, so we do have what a question in chat uh, on the brand of cigarettes that Caleb smokes. Camels. 20, 20 regals. do homebrews. Here where I live, like a pack of 20 cigarettes is like eight fifty, and I'm sitting there going, for crying out loud. Do you roll yours, or do you have like a, a little machine thing that rolls it? Because like, I've Power seen machine. those things. Oh, cool. Okay, fair enough. Here, there's a link action in Discord right there. All right, let's go take a look at this. Action. You know, we'll, we're gonna we're all gonna go look at something in our Discord that none of you can see. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Which probably we should figure out how to open our Discord to everybody too. Um, if you've got X. It, Eric, just uh, take the picture and just drag and drop it into XSplit, and then you can just remove it later. I just randomly drop pictures into my XSplit all the time. It will not let me do that. 
That's a pretty uh, good mod. To, it's a pretty you have good. To drag it, you have to drag it onto your desktop and then drag it into Xplit. It's weird. Okay. So uh, I have a beer mug just that big, dude, and you know I got it at like a uh, um, what is it? One of those uh, German Bavarian dinner things. Yeah, but it's not a Das beer boot, is it? Oh, there it is, right over top of me. There it is, giant freaking beer mug. There you go. Now I can't get rid of it. It's actually really freaking thick. How the hell do I get it off? Uh, You have to go down in your uh, layers and then click it off. It should be the top layer. Ah, there we go. I got it. (laughs) Very professional. Things that we do here. Flying things around the screen. But hey, you got to see a picture of a dollar store dollar beer mug, and you can't do that on every show on Twitch. Hey, this is push to talk remote right here. I am on the scene <laughs> at Dollar Tree. Live on the scene. Making your deals on your future drinking goblets and apparatus. See, we already got people in chat saying they'd buy that for a dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar. I had to I go would, to I a... just asked the wife if we could buy the whole box. And she's just like, where would we put it? And I'm like, who cares? It's, it's a, a box. box. It's full of beer mugs for a bus. You we'll put it, put in it where the beers used to be because you know we'll put the beers in it. <laughs> Here's what you do. You buy the whole box, and for a dollar, you just give it to your friends when they come over and have a beer. You, hey, take, keep the mug. Souvenir. Oh, that is an excellent idea. I'm going to run that by the wife. And the next thing that you get, you get one of those little sandblaster things that you can get, and you can etch them with your personal logos. Holy shit. We can <laughs> we can put the Uncle Sam bee on them. And before you shit. set that up... In before you set that up too powerful and you literally, like, blow three glasses up. <laughs> I think way back when I was young and we did Junior Achievement, we did uh, we did uh, glass etching. It's it's not too hard. I've been trying to get this laser <laughs> uh, this laser engraver. I would laser engrave all this glass. So, so nice. Danny M83 in chat says to you, RJ, that all you do is just use a mug, throw it away. You don't even wash it for a dollar. Oh, that's like that's like poor billionaire status right there. That, that's like Eve billionaire right there. So it's like, oh, I'm I'm so freaking Eve rich. I'm like space Trump, but it's not real money. So I go out and buy dollar mugs and then just throw them away when I'm done drinking. There you go. <laughs> I came out of the wound with this facial hair. This facial hair, as you can see, is getting very very gray. I am getting getting very old. And Joe Barbarian says, I was once young. I was once young back in the age of really cool music here in the U.S. And the great thing is uh, my kids seem to like it, so that's kind of cool. And no, we're not talking like 80s hairband. Better. I used to have color in that beard. No, it's more of a platinum blonde beard coming in now. I used to actually have a full beard, for those who don't know. I used to, um, when I used to ski a lot when I was younger, because, you know, it just protects your skin better. I used to love to have a full beard. My wife still misses a full beard. Alrighty, so Dixie Mugs, pay me royalties. (laughs) He has a little thing in his kitchen where he's got these glass mugs. He just pulls one out and another one pops down. Perfect. (laughs) <laughs> what'd you say uh, I think I would make him Santa 
I, I have I've I've played Santa on occasion. I was younger. So Eric, I'm gonna trigger you. Are you looking forward to Upwell 2.0? <laughs> what? Huh? You know what I love about about oh, I Citadels? Gone. Simon? I mean, how come oh no! Uh, you know what? Oh, there's a little go. little thing with the window there. Um, uh, did you say Citadels 2.0? Try and trigger me. Yep. So Citadels 2.0. The best thing I liked about it was uh, Dirk McGurk's picture that he tweeted this morning on uh, <gasps> on Twitter, right? Um, of his garbage can filled with beers, a, uh, a a Big Mac container, and a and a Reese's peanut butter cup thing, saying Citadels 2.0 made me do it. I loved it. It was hilarious. By the way, I would never be in an '80s hairband. Just, just not going to happen. But I did have more hair. I was more like Top Gun than hairband. Is that <laughs> supposed to be the leftover from uh, Open Comms four and a half, five hours in a row? Is that is that what they did? I guess I guess he was irritated. I, I have not seen it. Um, I had this is like birthday weekend here in the in in our house. So last night we were out to dinner, doing a birthday. This morning we did a brunch for a birthday. I actually get out of the afternoon birthday because I have to do this show. No shit, every year I get out of it. Um, they're in a You're very welcome. hot and stuffy, stinky indoor pool, and they have a they have a birthday party which. I don't get to go to, and by the way, if they're ever watching this video, I'm done in the family. Um, <laughs> it's my nieces, and they are they are wonderful girls, and they're very nice. Um, but uh, I I would die in the heat of this pool. It's like 90-something degrees, and they all eat pizza. So it's like a stream of birthdays here. To be fair, heated indoor pools, the humidity and in that, kind of, in that room is just yeah. insane. By the way, they're mentioning Kiss in the uh, thing, and Kiss, awesome band. I loved Kiss. They were very good. I like a lot of bands. I have a very eclectic uh, sense of music, and and that did you, what did I you like. just say? Did you just say you're a Kiss fan? Did I hear that right? I am. I am. And they said Dubstep Gravy Cat said Eric Kissmock. Hey, it's because you know I I am a freaking like crazy Kiss fan, dude. Really? Yes, like absolutely. I am like a super nuts freaking Kiss fan. A little Detroit Rock City, you know. I once had a. Uh, actually, uh, I didn't tell you. I have a Paul Stanley PS120 guitar. An nice. Band. I have a signature, dude. I uh, I once had an argument with my dad coming home from work because we had family businesses and we'd work together and things. And you know, Beth comes on the radio and he was like, "Man, this is an awesome song. This is more like the music you should listen to." I'm sitting there going, "Dad, it's Kiss." It's like it's not it's Kiss, just Kiss, man. It's like, just Kiss, it's Kiss. Trust me, it's awesome tune, Dad. Kiss. <laughs> but I'm even talking like I'm talking. You know, I listen like Foghat, Sweet. You know, Journey, Foreigner, Van Halen, Toto. And that's my Toto, but uh, Billy Joel, big Billy Joel fan. Actually, love love his music. Kiss opened for Aerosmith. Now that's a thing. In 2007. Wow. That's pretty insane. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so I, I really enjoy this. Um, I do have Bono's autograph on a ticket. That's pretty cool. 
So, uh, so enough about that. What we're talking about? We're talking about Citadel's 2.0. Caleb's trying to trigger me. So, so here's it the thing. Working. Here's the thing I don't like about Citadel's 2.0. <laughs> right? I don't like that they're opening up 0.5 space to to moon mining, even though it's it's lower in moon materials. Um, I just don't think it belongs there. When CCP comes on and says, we don't understand why people don't live in low sec, right? Well, because you keep letting people in high sec do things that should be exclusive to low sec. And I don't like it. And I don't like it in wormholes. I think, I think, I think the, um, the 0.5 kind of wormhole, uh, sorry, wormhole, uh, moon mining, I think it could actually spur a little bit of low sec kind of activity because you know a lot of people just don't a lot of high seconds just don't want to venture into low sec purely on the basis that they know that they can get shot but then again because they don't want to venture into low sec they don't know what's out there and what kind of riches they could get out from there but like this could sort of show them or, or or give them an indication at least how much you know money they could potentially make in low sec so the way I see the map right now, they might as well just freaking turn all low second and null sec because no one uses the damn thing. Well, so high sec and null sec. One of the um, one of the things I want to do, and I did not have enough time today. Um, CCB Falcon tweeted out a really really cool picture. Did you guys see his heat map of travel within New Eden? Yep. That was fantastic. By the way, if you guys haven't seen it, go on Twitter. Um, and check out CCP Falcon and that I didn't prep it for the show, so I can't show it. Um, but it is really cool, and you can clearly see that HiSec is, is where it's at. Um, I'll see if we can figure out a link for it. Um, but, you know, I don't see the benefit of putting moon mining for moon minerals in point five space. to alchemy. All I, all, all I see in terms of uh, transition between uh, m- moon material and no moon material uh, sourcing uh, systems. And, and, and if CCP is about to do what I'm suspecting that they are doing, they are trying to shift everything onto player controlled spawning and. Uh, a flat and non-scalable uh, resource uh, gathering, and of course, active and not uh, AFK. I love how the uh, I love how the left-hand side of the uh, heat map is like pretty hot with the uh, jumps from from delve to fountain to cloud ring. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's been, right. What what could have been happening there? I don't know. Strange things are happening. Um, Here's I the thing: like the back road, uh, the back road of uh, <laughs> bees. What? What a! What a! I just don't like it going to point five space. You really need to have more risk going in there. Even running reactions, you should have to go to anchor in point four. Um, that's the way point it's always it's been. Leg, right? You get training legs by doing it in point five, right? So mm. you can get a feel for it without risking as much as you would if you were trying to push into uh, low sec. <laughs> all I, mean, I, mean, I mean, it's still point five. It's still going to take a while for the, uh, you know, for the for Concord to appear. So there is a good chance that people who are going to exploit the uh, this moon mining are going to basically like put a whole bunch of stuff into a freighter after they've done it, undock, get scanned, and then get fucking ganked. So you know. <laughs> well, I mean, have a, an actual use for uh, 
war deck mechanic, right? And uh, mercenary contracts. So it's definitely a positive thing. It, it will create content eventually. I, I doubt that it will. Um, I mean, it won't create it, it won't create content for us, Eric, because yeah. we're not in high sec. But it will create content for high secers, like and not just the peace loving sort of hippie kind of high secers. Like it will be, you know, the the Marmite Collective of you know of Eve will get a lot of content mm -hmm. from it as well. So. Yeah, and to comment on what Ms. Evil says, he says, hey, you know, the three hundred to seven percent above price, right? Well, we knew that was going to happen. Everybody knew. I mean. When we knew this was happening, I found a moon out there, and I only had time to find one, that had a tr all four, had four, not all four, but four of the low-end things. And it cost me money every month to run that moon, because the value at the time of those moon minerals wasn't there. But I did know that once this whole thing happened, they were going through the roof. And I made shit tons off of that, right? Now... You're either going to tell me that the new type of moon mining isn't producing enough quantities that they have to move into 0.5 space, um, or you know, there's some I mean, other the reason for it. Return of investment is going to be on that, right? On the lower end, the higher end is already uh, populated. It's going to be the competition for the lower end that's going to bring uh, more per investment. Well, for Don't a period until it adjusts, right? That's all that's going to happen. Don't expect CCP to be able to tell you specifically whether that is the case or not, because I think that's very much, I think that's too powerful a bit of information for any group to know, or any, even the public to know for it to be public knowledge. Yeah, I mean, they're never going to tell us. That's why they give us values of moon mining in ISK rather than M3. I mean, that's just the way it is. Mm. Now... When you, when you think about this, right? I mean, the only thing that that spurred me on to think was, hey, I have this old reaction corporation that I used to run to run my reactions in LOSEC and, um, you know, take all the risk of getting stuff in and out of LOSEC and everything, right? And I'm sitting here going, well, why don't I just turn that into a 0.5 ganking team now and let's just go blow the fuck out of miners, right? Because they're high sec miners, so they're stupid. And let's just go blow them up. Uh, wait, you, you, wait you, have, you have to put in a caveat there, right? Because I do believe that delve miners are not that much smarter than high sec miners. Oh, oh no! So you, you don't understand. We just have a higher concentration of E players, so it just appears that we have more stupid miners. And by the way, if you're deployed and you're out there in a fucking Rorqual, oh my God, what are you thinking right now, right? Well, it's, it's not a problem. It's replaced in a day. Yep, we got a new follower too, Nova City. Thank you for the follow, which reminds me, right? Um, we always accept tips. We always accept bits. We always accept subs, and we love follows too. So feel free to uh, to show us a little love there. And by the way, RuneShift, thank you for linking that link. I was over there trying to find that link and, and brought it back before I saw yours, but thanks for reaching out and getting it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, we have been telling, and RJ will tell you, we've been telling our corporation, uh, if you mine, we'll just forget what the alliance is going to do to you. We're going to humiliate you inside the corp, right? I don't think it's been it's been years since uh, Whale um, lost two jump freighters coming out of Cloud Ring uh, to Wardex, um, and he still hasn't lived that down. By the way, they were full. I've seen worse situations occur. 
<laughs> so you know yeah um you know it, i think you have anything positive to say about it eric what did you like about the things in uh upwell 2.0 well I, I mean so i tend not to to jump on too many of those things i mean we've known parts of it since vegas right we were there rj and i we were sitting there and we're like moon mining in 0.5 space oh that fucking sucks in wormhole space no now what i would allow them to do i wouldn't allow them to get moon goo but being able to go out there and mine and, and create their own belts that they could mine for better ore, I do like that. Okay. Zandian, thank you for the uh, follow. I feel, we had a couple follows real quick right there, so thank you guys. Not just uh, 0.5, right? It's going to be available above 0.5 as well, I think. But then you don't get any uh, moon goo. Yeah, you'll just get ABCs. Right, right. I, I like the fact. In fact, I kind of think that CCP should get away from seeding uh, belts and having the code in there that has to constantly generate and calculate those belts. I would yep, truly move that all that. Yeah, rip it out. Kill it. And put it all into any belt that's out there goes from one of these things. Upwell two point Aramis is acting when Upwell two point happens and it's the thirteenth of February, so it's not far off. Which is also why the big uh, northern kerfuffle might not actually kick off uh, in force until after that. I think. Yeah. I don't think uh, people that are waiting for the big war. I think they might need to wait until after the the patch. Well, I, I, if I was, I mean, if I was if I was pandemic quad, I'd be hoping that it would wait until the after the patch. Because Jesus Christ. Yeah, but it's also going to uh, it's also going to be a lot of advantages for aggression after the patch, right? Because the rebalance is looks fairly good. It's still not exactly where most players want it, but it's a big step compared to what we have now. Yeah, maybe maybe for starting off timers, maybe you know, like in terms of oh, when can I hit this structure? Oh, you know, U.S. time zone isn't locked out of hitting structures. Oh, EU timers and EU time zone isn't locked out of hitting structures. Like, in that sense, yeah. But I mean, you're gonna hit it. You're gonna get a timer that's not gonna be in any way gameable or you know metrable in any way, shape, or form. Unlike you know the old pause mechanic, which is, I would dare say, way more elegant and way more creative than what we have at the moment. I just I think that they missed the the ball on. A major uh, addition to the Oddworld 2.0. They should have add a paused uh, state to structures if the armor uh, timer was gone. If it was uh, after uh, two timers, there should be no services available in the structure. It shouldn't build anything. It shouldn't have any market active. Anything like that should uh, be offline. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, you'd kind of consider that critical services, right? So no, critical services are things that are working without rigs. So, so the challenge you have if you do that, right, is you. I think every, I get... everything installed in uh, in structures, except for weapons, should be offline. There should be no services available at all, except for uh, the base ones when you launch a citadel. Well, what is of um clone services and stuff yeah you have to be careful right if people can't take take things off the market and evac them right they're going to get a little more irritated so when you look at the playability and the risk versus reward right i mean 
again, CCP did what they did with the Rourke's. They made things very safe, big adoption, but now they've got like citadels scattered everywhere, right? Well, you should be able to cancel an evac. I'm saying that you should not be able to buy from the market and you should not be able to uh, sell to the market, right? So basically, mm. things like that should be offline. Same with, with production. The industry should stop and pause. You can still cancel it and get your stuff back, but you should not be able to have an active uh, profit-generating uh, service running. I'll disagree with you on the market, and here's why, right? Because if we've stopped our, our keep star in order to defend it, right, the market is the best way to do that. Hey, Jintan, how you doing? Uh, that and that and that and also um, uh, contract uh, services inside of uh, contract yeah. services. I would say is is an essential service, but it should not be public uh, contracts. That's my only uh, beef. All public available services should be offline when you hit that timer. I'll agree with production services, but I, I wouldn't go so far as the marketing contracts. And I know you didn't go to contracts, but I would say the market would would be operational. Because you could just sit there and logically say, hey, I'm allocating people to make sure that this continues so that we can fund our war, saving our Keepstar or whatever. Yeah, the problem is that uh, the reason I'm, I'm arguing for this is, of course, a little bit biased towards uh, what I, I would see develop in HiSec is the fact that there was a benefit of launching Fortisars. And just because of the timer issue, it would have made uh, its own value before anyone could actually kill it. So you could just drop a new one. Do you want? Do you want to know how I kind of feel with regards? Oh, hey, Jutan. I said hello to him first. I just want everybody to know that. Hey, man. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Oh, good man. Good oh. to good to have a CV. Uh, good to have a CSM member on here. Thank you. Oh, and boy. a CVA dude. <laughs> but um, I just I just wanted to say like. With regards to my personal opinion, mm -hmm. um, to to do with value and risk and reward to do with citadels, I do kind of feel like you know there should one be a conquerable mechanic with regards to um, citadels that people can go through to, uh, but there should mm -hmm. also be. Um, you know the the whole kind of asset safety thing. I think needs to be scaled down or made uh, a lot more, um, uh, a lot less it's easy. Getting the first pass, right? It's getting one pass it's that you can no longer percent. asset safety for free, which is great. Well, for us. yeah. I still think it's in. in I do kind of. I do kind of feel cheap, but. Uh, but it's a good step that there's no such thing as a free meal anymore. I, I do kind of feel like if you if you should have asset safety, you shouldn't just have blanket asset safety regardless of stuff that, you, you know, whether you take a measure or whether you, uh, you know, take measures proactively to have it or not. Like, I think it should, I think asset safety should be something that you proactively do in the same way as ship insurance. I, so I personally, I feel like asset safety should be an asset safety insurance contract that you put down basically you say all the stuff in here that I, all the stuff in this in this particular area I'm I'm going to asset safety with a asset safety contract and that pays out every day week whatever so I could sit here and like kind of argue with you and talk about the the classic points about how asset safety's always been a thing thanks to fire sales and stuff like that 
But instead, I'm going to kind of present, I'm going to talk to you on like the CSM level, the level that I interface with CCP on. And that simply asks you, is it worth CCP's time right now to develop that, to code that and take six months out of their development plan to no, make this, new assets? Just, they should just tweak the existing uh, asset safety, in my opinion. Yeah. You, you, um, you, you, everyone always has these very interesting side. ideas of how to fix mechanics that they feel are wrong, and I totally understand that. But you need to look at the simplest possible fix whenever you're pitching anything ever. That's just part of working with CCP. It's why when the community was like, yo, GTFOs are pretty fucking bad, CCP was immediately like, okay, maybe we just don't have them. That's really easy for us to fix. We just turn them off. <laughs> yeah, and then true. I think that the 0.5% is too low because it won't actually stop people using asset safety as free shipping. I just want to point out, Jintan, that I am the only one that's allowed to talk about the cost of development versus the reward to the player on the show. <laughs> He's vetoing it completely. Not the lead. All right, got it. No, 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 no. It makes perfect sense. I mean, that's one of the things as players that we often forget is, sure, we think that there's things out there, there's code, or we think it's easy to code something, and quite often it's not. And I've also found that people vastly overestimate the amount of people who work at CCP. So you're saying they don't have Blizzard-level uh, I mean, They can't all be caterers, can they? No. They do own their own catering company, though, and it's really good food. <laughs> they they, they, they own company. own the contracts to all their chefs, and they're so fucking good. So they got oh. good food over at C Camp CCP. Bruh, I eat. I every time I go there, I go for every single free lunch and every single free dinner. It's so good. It's just good food. So what? So what kind of food could we expect if we went over there to oh uh, CCP Lord. land? I've if you were, yeah, if so you much. just. I mean, I've seen the shark thing, and it really isn't appealing. So you know, no, 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 no that's good. that's for very specific, like meme occasions. In general, they just eat like normal human beings because they're not, you know, crazy. The 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 rotten shark is the. Oh, you're new to Iceland. Let's let you know. You should try something that we all have all the time. Lol. Yeah. I'm impressed that Jintan gets solids uh, in Iceland at all. Ah, uh, dude, I had some curried fish whilst I was over there, and that was one of the best curried fish fish curries I've ever had. Not, um, not a curry fan, so keep going. Uh, had pork. I've had beef. I've had burgers. I've had um like pasta i've had many curries many chilies um just just like normal food but it's just really well done speaking of restaurants and food in reykjavik is there anything good out there for like a date night uh yeah so me, and the, me and the wifey can go date nighting in iceland uh grillhusid is very nice uh Apotec is also lovely what's that uh, thing uh, that spins the thing Me? that's I, I you're gonna need to be a tiny bit more specific. Game. I mean, <laughs> I can I don't know. The only thing that spins is you the next morning after you've been drinking, Caleb. Yeah, that's when I'm out with Jinta, and then everything just spins. No, but there's a there's a restaurant at the top of something with a, a panoramic view, and oh. the whole thing uh, rotates. I think. Yeah, the sky I think that lounge. Would be it's yeah. fucking right. It's near the. Um, near the seafront. It's quite nice. I've never been in it personally, though, so I can't speak to the quality of the food. 
you know, it's really funny. We're all talking about these restaurants and that, and that particular one you mentioned. And I'm thinking I'm probably going to take her to that. And she's sitting next to us, and she can't hear what we're talking about because I have a headset on, so she doesn't know. <laughs> right. well, just, just make sure that she doesn't get motion sickness. Oh, yeah, this is uh, Jintan. This is RJ is like in the car hanging out with his family and his wife, so he gets family time and game time with us. Yeah, he was oh, showing wow. for knobs earlier. I got, did you see the uh, wine glass? Not the wine glass, but the beer glass I got. I didn't show the Pilsner glass, by the way. Yeah, that, I actually bought that. I'm going to drink out of that tonight. A big Pilsner glass. So yeah, oh, I fucking misheard that. I just heard, I, I heard pills in her glass. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, pills in the glass. No pills. That accent just fucking wrecked me. I was like, what the he, fuck kind of joke was that? He's, he's, no one he, laughed either. What's going he, on here? He's trying to roofie his wife. <laughs> the only way she would let me. Probably. Yeah, I think your wife might. <laughs> So RJ has it. RJ has it. Look, I'm getting right now. You should see the death look. I'm getting. Oh my god. RJ has a has a very fun wife. She's very cool. So yeah. She just pulled the knife out of the glove box. <laughs> just hope you don't pass a state trooper. Please don't. Oh, Jesus. Weird time to drop in for Desperlette. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, know. definitely. We're talking about RJ roofing his wife because Jintan thought it was funny because he thought he put pills in her glass instead of buying a Pilsner beer glass. Of course, you know, sometimes I don't uh, enunciate the best Jintan, so I understand. I'm also English, so I'm used to people talking with, you know, a mouthful of tea and uh, smoking a pipe. Oh, you know, I miss smoking a pipe. That was a fun thing in college. I smoke a pipe. I do not any longer. The only thing I'll do is an occasional cigar in the golf course. Oh, you're implying that I smoke tobacco somehow. I have no recollection of that, Senator. <laughs> Let's you're, see. Still re you're still responsible for getting us that hookah tent. Oh, fuck fucking hell. I'm not dealing with that. <laughs> it would be funny as fuck, but I'm not putting in the effort for it. Just, just kick Falcon until he agrees to arrange it. A cheetah, cheetah in the chat says, uh, you're just used to baked beans on toast, and that's about it, Jintan. No, no, I, I, I'm actually quite a... Well, I cook a lot of food. I cook for my family quite regularly. Um, and I, 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 I have quite a flair for cooking extravagant dishes. Especially Korean food. I love cooking Korean. I'm so American. It's terrible. I was just there thinking to myself, like, <laughs> how close is that, like, whole comment to, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I like food. Some of my best friends are foodies. <laughs> in that sense. I mean, Steve's a pretty big foodie, like Fuzzy Steve. He knows good food. Tacos, man. Good food too. No, Aerith knows good wine. Actually, Aerith is mm. Aerith has like you know, the perfect sense for wine like i don't like wine but when arif buys a glass of wine i will drink that wine it's so good nice nice but it also probably costs more than like my monthly paycheck so depends on the wine there are some very good wines that are reasonable and some that are very expensive so you're ninja looting arif's wine in iceland yeah he bought like a nearly like 
an over a grand bottle of wine one CSM summit. It's pretty extravagant. But then you just swoosh in and just nick it. I, I took some fucking dessert wine. I'll have dessert wine if he's offering it to me. I'm not going to say no. Mm, what kind of wine was it? Was it like a... Was it a port or were you guys working on a... I love port. That's actually what I drank all throughout the Christmas break. I just demolished two bottles of port. Just like sitting there with just drinking it. I have to be really in the mood for a port wine. In fact, I have none in the wine cellar. But uh, but no, it was, it was a dessert wine. Like a really, really heavy, sweet... Um, like almost syrupy wine. Oh, but it was yeah. like fourteen percent or something ridiculous. Oh, it's so good. Have you guys actually? And this is not a dessert wine thing, but it's a derivative. Have you ever had a really, really good balsamic vinegar drizzled over a piece of good Parmesan cheese for dessert? I have not, but that sounds great. It's fantastic. Welcome to the Push for Food podcast. <laughs> yeah, push for food. No, yeah, no, I used to, um, when I was dating my wife, I used to cook a lot. But, of course, when we got married, cooking became her domain, right? Not by choice. And I kind of laugh because she really, you know, she she's... I grew up in an Italian household, mainly, for the cooking side of things. So we don't measure shit unless we're baking, Right. And she's like, how do you make that? And I'm like, well, you take this, 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 and this, and you just put it in the pot, and when it tastes right, then you know you're right. She's like, I can't cook like that. That's how you do it. Yep. <laughs> Joe, nobody's... Joe's trying to turn And Joe Barbarian, no, nobody's had a Tide Pot on the show ever. But we have laughed at the I, teens I who do. I don't think there's any kind of, any form of, uh, like, to, to answer uh, Terenius there as well. I'm not sure whether there's Tide Pod porn, but like I'm sure there's probably there someone who makes some. <laughs> I did. I, I loved all the memes that came out because I because I put it's, them in the. It's almost like Jin Tan knows because he has looked for it. No, I know because people have fucking pinged me with it. This community is interesting. Anyway, I, I'm just going <laughs> to throw a related meme in chat. There you go. Uh, Christ. We now have people asking Fozzie to come on the show and do a Tide Pod. That's not very polite, Joe. Please. Yeah, that's, that's pretty harsh. That's, that's literally, you're literally saying, come on our show and drink bleach. That's not okay. You can't say that to people. It's not <laughs> acceptable. Radiator Mountain Dew, the cotton candy and, in the wall, the downy Joe, dipping dots. I, is there and any Joe, way we can get Fozzie on the show and force him to do Fozzie's job for like one long fleet and see if he actually likes it? No. <laughs> You know, one of the things that I've noticed, I, I have never liked, in Chintan, you can see this, I have never liked when they make a single developer come out and make an announcement. And whether they had something to do with it or not, they get dinged with it forever, right? Um, I did like how the Citadel 2.0 came out as Team 5.0, right? That's better, but I really wish they would just do the dev blogs as CCP is telling you. The reason why they don't do that is they want to basically concentrate the hate on one person, as as it was explained to me. <laughs> yeah, because Fal a lot Falcon of the team... and Fozzie are the tanks of hate. Yeah, pretty much. Like I think I think Falcon unfairly so. And actually, to be fair, I think both unfairly so because like Fozzie gets a lot in the neck for just basically being the spokesperson of a whole bunch of different things. Well. Uh, Quant tried to uh, apply for the position, but
but he failed. Oh no, he got yeah. the heat. He, he got the heat. He, he can take that heat. Like he, you know that he has a fucking shirt now with 0.1 percent like on it. But, but, but it <laughs> like was his graduation day that he, he stepped in in front of the bullet and he just got fucking hit. I, I think that was perhaps one of the dumbest things I've seen anybody from CCP do. What, he no, didn't really. Funny. He didn't really step in front of the bullet. He basically crafted the missile and put the guidance system in uh, there if, and if set it the spread, right? for his uh, house. He pulled his yeah, own trigger. It was, it was pretty, pretty much him stepping in front of uh, a bullet for someone else. If you think that's even remotely the stupidest thing a CCP member has ever done, then you have never been drinking with a CCP member. Holy shit. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Actually, I, I think I was... Uh, I'm, uh, should I say this? I've been out, I've been out drinking with Unifex uh, and uh, Soundwave. I am not sure what was in it, but it was like a little teapot at E-Vegas on the floor. And oh, Falcon, that could have been anything. And Falcon kept coming over, laying on the floor, and tipping it in his mouth and laying it back down. I'm not sure what was in it, but he seemed to like it. So, I I'm not even going to comment on that. <laughs> that's 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 particularly eccentric behavior, even for an Icelander. I know, and nobody He's else was Icelandic. drinking out of this. Falcon's oh, British. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, I was just fucking. Yeah. He's like vaguely northernish. I don't actually know where he comes from in England, Ooh. but yeah, uh, Falcon. I think he's. I think he's yeah, he's a northerner. Let's put it this way: very rarely has somebody from CCP actually post something that actually offended me personally, and Quant succeeded in doing that. I really, after that post, I have very little respect for him, to be honest, guys. Well, shit. Yeah, and, and I'm not the only one. So when you look at what happens in the in the scope of what they do to their customers, right? They they do have to be a little more professional in what they're doing. If they want to focus the heat on a single developer, to me, it, from a company perspective, doing what I do in the level I am, um, I find that to be a little irresponsible as a company. To be honest, speaking very frankly. yeah, you're talking you're talking professionally, not in terms of like what you do in the game, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, slightly unfair uh, because it's a it's a balancing act, right? If you want this access and uh, familiarity, then you can't have the extreme hands off uh, professional approach. You can't have both. Well, you, it depends on how you do it, right? There's interaction with the customer that you can have from a developer on a, on a certain level. But you have to be careful with that. I mean, I. It's a fine balance between the locks show nothing and uh, the, uh, what was it, 100 million ticks or something. 260 million ticks. Yeah. I think it... you, you, you have to accept that uh, CCP devs are human and when they interact as much with the player base as they do, they will say stupid shit. Yeah, I'm talking, I'm talking more about the announcements and things like that, right? Um, I like to see those things coming out more... You know, changes coming out as more of a corporate, more of a professional uh, announcement rather than coming from Fozzie or somebody else, right? Now, as far as Fozzie and all these guys interacting with the player base on a different level to get a feel for how those announcements affect the player base, I think it makes them, um, how do I say this? It, it Rather than making them a focus point of the hate, right? They can then act as an ambassador and get a different relationship and a different 
feel for the player base and the things that are going on without the interference of some of the hate that Fozzie and others deal with. I, I think you get just a better business uh, environment there, and better relationship with your customer. I'm just in, uh, inclined to actually totally disagree and go the other way and say I'd actually prefer it if they were less professional and more engaged with the, the player base, especially because they have a very special game that does not exist without their players. It's not like other games where they have a, a lot of on-rail shit. EVE does not exist if big entities stop playing. Yeah, and and looking in the quote, in the, in the, and we're getting some nice uh, information in the chat, right? And Urandis is saying Fozzie was feeling some burnout from all the heat, right? Um, and, and that's what you want to avoid with your employees, right? As a company, there's a degree of protecting your companies. Um, and, you know, in your access to the devs, you have to be limited because we feel we can say anything to these devs. And, you know, the Internet already makes us feel like these people who are far away that we can just say anything and be dicks and doesn't matter how they feel about what we say. Right. Um, it's, it's just part of corporate culture that I think needs to change. I, I know you guys disagree in some some aspects, but uh, I've been around the corporate culture for a long time because, you know, I'm old. I kind of like the way CCP does it with devs actually being willing to put their name to changes that they've made in, to a large degree. But I wish the community was a little more well, fucking reasonable sometimes. Well, so long as but, it's voluntary and not forced. If, if CCP had not delayed fixing something that's detrimental and totally undermining uh, gameplay. If they had fixed this earlier, we would never have seen these degrees of uh, incessant uh, hatred towards specific devs, right? Uh, well, actually, the I, internet I is tough. Uh, I don't even know whether you know the answer to this, Jen, or whether you can speak speak to, to it or not. But, like, I mean, do CCP devs actually have the ability to be able to opt in to be the one to break certain you know, dev blogs and this, that, and the other? Or yeah. is it just basically, are they just handed to them, to whoever it is? Um, there's no overall communication strategy within CCP. Uh, teams have their own, make their own decisions regarding how, how they put out their dev blogs. Oh, okay. So it's not like a... It's, it's not like a, an overall opt-in kind of system going there, but like it's whatever the team feels it wants to do. Yeah, there is to an extent uh, a measure of control that the community team has. Uh, I know previous to the community team reduction, they were installing members of the community team in every single uh, dev team with the intent of using them to kind of increase the level of communication we'd get from individual teams, but I don't know if that's continuing now. I imagine it's probably not. Yeah, unsurprising. This was uh, the subject of one of my INN articles many months ago that CCP needs to develop a concise and consistent communication plan uh, with their customer. That will help them a lot in the long run. But again, I mean, struggle too with the fact that where does CCP see the life cycle of EVE Online, right? That's going to impact a lot of what they do there. Sure. Um, there's a lot of 
things going on in terms of like the future of Eve and uh, the development of what comes next after Seagull's plan right now, which is interesting. Well, I have to wonder what the whether the specifics of Seagull's plan is actually going to come to fruition because, I mean, I I, I don't want to kind of flog a dead horse in any way, shape, or form. And no, actually, to be completely honest, we don't even know whether that particular the particular situ uh, thing that I'm kind of talking about is dead or not. But like with the whole, um, you know, player built Stargates going to unknown or new areas of space rather than it just being a, a, a rehashing of jump bridges. Like, like, I mean, I'm fairly certain that's probably heavily NDA'd if you even know anything about it at all. But, um, like, I kind of have my doubts as to whether it will go the former direction rather than the latter. I do think that we kind of are supposed to get a uh, uh, presentation at FanFest of uh, the new roadmap because we've not heard anything and we have been kept in the dark for way too long, in my opinion. I, I just like how Jintan said is interesting at the end and the tone that he used. Clearly, I know I'm not going to pester you because you probably can't say anything. But yes, I'm trying to figure out how long CC or Seagull's been been even on the job because she's like seems like she's away on sabbatical or having a kid most of the time she's been there. Yeah, she's uh, she's on maternity leave right now. She comes back in a couple of weeks, I believe. Awesome. I think the most important thing is uh, the the roadmap has changed right from what she presented way back. Um, and we've not heard anything about how it's changed. What priorities are we looking at? Which things are going to actually come to some sort of fruition and what's actually going to get shelled or not come in at all? Uh, I think that's where most players are frustrated that we haven't heard anything, especially with things like, uh, like uh, the player build Stargate, right? Would you rather CCP start talking about stuff... Uh two years in advance so that they can completely undeliver and we get another Incarna. Is that the best operating method of the CCP? Yeah, I just think they, they've gone too much in the opposite direction. In the past, they over-promised pretty much every single thing was pie-in-the-sky thinking and over-ambitious and uh, timeframes that were totally un unrealistic. But now it's the opposite. We don't get any hype. I think we said that uh, last FanFest or just before last FanFest as well. We don't get any real fluff or hype or things to look forward to, and of course oh, that means that they're always going to be. That's not true. There was there was a, there was a lot of hints in the last uh, the last keynote, but you yeah, but they're extremely subtle, right? Could we but, at least but, get but, something? But then, but then again, Caleb, like the other thing is they've they've changed the way that the uh, that they do the keynotes and stuff like that over you know over the you know. The times back when you were talking about how like it was all pie in the sky thinking and all that kind of stuff, because before it was a case of they would do the keynote and the CCP presents thing right at the end of the weekend, so it was like it was a build up all the way up to that. Mm -hmm. But they realised that like okay, doing that is, doesn't give uh, them the feedback that they need. No, but the to point do. is that it gives them the marketing that they need. I know that it might have been. Uh, well, it culminated in a totally impossible uh, dream with uh, Summer of Rage. But the point is that without some hype, they do not have marketing because EVE is not a marketable game. You can't just push out new uh, uh, trailers and stuff like that. People will not be sold on that. What they're sold on is 
the whole uh, ambassador stuff, the player player hype, and we I saw don't know. steady growth when they used to do this, the old Trophy France stuff. Now, when they've totally stopped it, it's plateaued and it's even declined a bit. I think we need some level of hype to get people more uh, incentivized to stay in the game and to promote it to other players. I don't know. I, I seem to I seem to remember that uh, one Eve trailer that was a um, uh, God, what was it? This is Eve. It literally had no spoilers, no kind of real massive content. Yet it was the most popular uh, Eve trailer to date, and has actually brought in statistically brought in brought a whole load of people. You know. From a marketing standpoint, to you know, into the game. Yeah, but that's kind of really okay. I, I love that's it. Literally as well, the opposite of what one, you said. It's a, it's a one-hit wonder. It's a little bit like you can't plan for uh, B-Tech R fights and stuff like that that hits the news. You can't plan for uh, made of like Ponzi schemes and shit like that. This is not something CCP can do. CCP's only responsibility when it comes to marketing the game is to focus on making sure that the presentations at FanFest and Vegas, which is basically like uh, Apple's uh, keynote speaks, right? This is what hypes people. It's been proven to work. And if they don't get back to something like that, I'm not saying they should promise shit that they can't deliver on. I'm just saying, give us some teasers. Give us some idea of what to expect. I just want to say with regards to that, um, I know from playing EVE for quite a long time that uh, whenever it rolled into the January, February kind of time of the year, I was always a little bit more kind of uh, observant as to what's happening because there was always, for some reason, there was always something that would kick off that would be pretty insane and pretty huge and pretty you know monumental in terms of uh, landmark uh, events through the year so you know it's just just saying like you know i mean i obviously the big one is btaka but like you had previous ones before then you had asaki like you know like the the year before that and then you had like the uh uh you know february 14th the um uh what was it the valentine's day massacre in um up north you know all, all of these things they tend to happen really weirdly and randomly in the sort of January, February time. Strange. So you all know that, you know, I, I pretty much think that CCP has become comfortable with the fact that uh, Eve is in, is in maintenance mode, right? And, and I truly think that. I don't think you're going to see a lot more development until you see, unless you see an influx in new customers, and I don't think they're seeing that. Just a reading the tea leaves that I've that I've seen in corporate America for decades now, right? This looks and feels like this. Do you think? Do you think they're just? Do you think they're biding time and waiting until Seagull's back? No, I just, I just, I just think they're 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 ready to move on from Eve. They're going to get no, what I they can. Think so. I, I think so. I think they're. I, I do. I do. As a corporation. And you keep saying that. I, I, I still think that that's the same as saying that they are about to, to uh, just sell out and uh, shut it down and put it on the shelf like other no, areas. No, no, no. Maintenance mode can last a very, very long. It can, it can last years. But that's, like, but, that's like, but that's like saying, oh, Microsoft. Microsoft's been doing Windows for so long. They probably just, you know, are tired, you know, are, you know ready to go and do the next thing. Microsoft like, no, that's owns thousands. Windows. 
it's like Microsoft and Oracle. They own thousands of applications, right? And so yeah, I something know. new is they, always they, being they, developed. They, and they always throw they they always throw money at new ideas and new sort of situations to see what sticks and what doesn't. Right? Yeah, CCP but, has done like, that. They always have, sticks. but they always have Windows. And they always make sure that like they update Windows. And yeah, fair enough. We do. We all have our own kind of you know positive and negative kind of uh, experience with Windows. I know you had a negative one today. Uh, it's fine. You know, there is counselors that you can see about it. Does that make Windows 8 fuzzy sort of Microsoft? Windows 3.1. Windows 3.1. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, Windows. Um, actually, I, Windows I got to take it, you know? Oh, yeah, totally, man. I get you. But yeah, you know, I mean, the, what, what I'm saying is, you know, it's Eve is a core for, uh, is a, is the core software for CCP. They're not going to give it up. They may, they yeah, they'll try things in the same way that like loads of other companies will throw some money here, there, and everywhere to try, you know, and see what sticks. But they're not going to just like be like, ah, yeah, you're that Eve thing. Yeah, it's dead. Whatever. Yeah, it's but bullshit. comparing games to an operating happen. system is a, is a little more challenging, right? Computers need operating systems. There will always always be competition within the operating system market. Not everybody needs to play Eve. Yeah, true. But I think uh, I think in terms of the the people who work at CCP, they probably think no. Actually, everybody does need to try Eve. Well, I wish everybody, everybody will realize. What they're missing until well, they try it. I, I agree with that, but that comes down to marketing, right? I believe that if, if CCP put a concentrated marketing effort in, did a lot of the fixing that they're doing now because they, they are fixing things, right? Fixed Fozisov, they still have a very marketable pros, um, product. And they have a marketing product, marketable product because they haven't let their graphics slip. They keep updating it. They keep trying to make it interesting. They've done what most MMOs do not do, right? And they're not responsible for content and storyline players are. So I think that's a huge advantage to them. So I think they have a marketable product. I believe they have decided that they don't. Otherwise, you'd see marketing out there for this. I think... Uh, I think, uh, you know, to take a leaf out of what Jin was talking about uh, a while back, I think uh, CCP kind of realized that they have bigger fish to fry than marketing Eve to new people, like, you know, as a, as a singular goal right now. I think that's probably what they're concentrating on. I just think personally, it's a total personally. understanding of what Eve is. Eve is a bit like... Uh... Uh, Star Trek uh, in the past. It's a niche uh, with a cult following and no amount of marketing money will make it a success. Only a slow and steady growth of uh, popularizing it by uh, word of mouth. It's not going to grow with a marketing campaign. You can throw it as many millions at a campaign as you want. You're not going to get a lot of new uh, players. The conversion rate is going to be horrible. Yeah, this isn't Pokemon this is, Go. And this is kind of why I've been I think it's important that we push for general fixes that will make the community less mad as fuck about everything over trying to kind of create some sort of Jesus feature like you were talking about, Caleb. Because right now the word of mouth about Eve is incredibly negative. 
you talk to any long-term player of EVE Online, they're not trying to promote the game. They're trying to hit CCP with a stick until they do what they yeah, want. Pretty much. And that's not a healthy relationship. And, and again, this is because he, uh, CCP seems to not be very good at uh, communicating with the people that still has uh, hype and a hard-on for the game. They tend to ignore them or not give them any replies on what are the plans, uh, what's in the pipeline, what's the roadmap, things like that. And, and seriously, as I just said to you in chat, I don't care if they only deliver half of what they hype, but if they get back to the hype mode of uh, pre-2009, they will see numbers grow because at least people then have hope. Right now, we don't have any hope because we keep getting disappointed by, oh, they're not going to fix it this time, they're not going to fix it this time, they're not going to fix it this time, and we don't have anything to look forward to. Well, I'm going to take you back. They're built on hope. I'm going to take you back in another article I, I wrote about CCP and how they handle this. Again, everything that you're saying, Caleb, falls back onto a professional way of communicating with your customer, period. It works in every industry. Don't get less professional, get more professional. But the other thing is, don't start out big. What pisses players off? You give them a fucking work wool and then you nerf it five times. That pisses people off, okay? Don't start big. Start little and increase. Positive That's experience a, that, that to the player. That was a problem. That was CCP being too generous and giving players something that they thought might be good and it should never have been granted players. It's okay. exactly the same as self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency and the raw calls just destroyed the game. I'd also like to just quickly address Joe Barbarian. He's talking quite a lot about how, you know, CCP doesn't listen to its player base. You're assuming that the developers of the game have complete and utter control of the product they produce. I'm not going to say that they don't, but I'm going to imply that heavily. There are always business factors that interrupt what we think would be great things for the game, right, Jintan? I would love to have a developer that is completely isolated from the trials and tribulations of being a uh, company in the real world and having to seek finances. Yeah, we had we tried that once, if you remember, with uh, John Romero. Do you know what that got us? $30 million dollars of debt Not, and no mm. game. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right there, right? Again, there are so, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, CCP does actually have to live in the real world as well, so... Yeah, which is why I don't care about things like selling skins and doing things to, to make money in addition to the uh, things that you sell in the game, right? The game time and things of that nature. I want CCP to make buttloads of money off of EVE. I do. But I don't want them to do is keep chasing the next rainbow and fucking it up like they've been doing, right? That doesn't help. All the negative stuff said, I do think that the, the the drilling platforms and the lifeblood expansion is the most innovative thing I have seen from a game developer in a long time. It resolves one of the worst problems in any MMORPG, and especially one that's supposed to last. It, it solves the whole uh, asset creep uh, problem. I still don't like Moon Goo and 0.5 Space and Wormholes. I so should have been listening to you there, Caleb, writing in chat. Fuck, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I literally, and then I, I, I literally came out there and I was like, oh, Caleb's saying actually something quite good. Right, but I just here's a, here's another good one. It's, it's just, it, it, it's impossible to me that every time I mention this, 
people don't realize why it's true. It's like as if they haven't played other RPG, uh, MMORPGs, where inflation and devaluation of, of assets and player time is a huge problem. And it's pretty much all games out there because if NPCs control the nodes, players will game it. If it's players controlling the nodes, they can't game it because they are the ones doing it. I just want to just want to reply to Joe there again. He's talking about bugs and how they aren't fixed it, showing how to replicate it, and you know, they haven't been fixed in like eight months. Uh, do you think that CCP developers have infinite amounts of time to spend on doing everything in the game? Like it's I don't I don't I'm not trying to bat for CCP's corner here, but I, you have to understand that they do not have infinite time and infinite resources with which to fix everything in the game. And they're being given goals to their team, which are like, do this, you know, you need to try and make this number that's 100, 110, you know, you need to try and um, get these effects on the server of players from things that you create in the game. And they don't see, get a ton well, of yeah. time. And, and let's I'll, remember I'll that. You, I'll notice what? you too, Yorandas. And when CCP <laughs> adds stuff in their game, it's not just another eye level to your weapons. They are adding new and novel content. Of course, it's maybe with a two-year cycle or something like that, but it's always novel. That means that there's going to be consequences <laughs> and bugs that they didn't actually expect. But it is the most refreshed game out there. I have not seen any game mm -hmm. that's got more than 10 years uh, on its back that's been able to innovate so much as CCP has been doing it with the... Plus, I would like to point out that, you know, when it does come to you know, them fixing certain aspects of the game, they do prioritize stuff based on how much, you know, on based on, you know, how many people this particular fix will affect people. Like, mm -hmm. and that's the reason why, you know, when they're, when they're looking at the Citadel changes, obviously it's a priority for them because it affects a lot of people because a hell of a lot of people utilize uh, Citadels every day. And that's and that's one of the things when you look at a lot of software development houses, right? They've they've adopted, you know, a run team versus a change team, right? New development falling under a change team, maintenance falling under the run team, keep the thing operating. So, you know, CCP is not big yeah. enough to do that, I don't think, right? I think what what CCP would benefit from is a little bit more clear communication when it comes to why are they doing something like. We've had a whole year of what I call amputations, and they've not really been very good at writing up proper dev blocks and explaining it. And hell, I'd say make videos. You can explain this in a five-minute video. That's pretty much the highlights of uh, an, uh, a co concise dev block. Why are they not doing this? It doesn't take that much time. That's not developer time stolen to create a well, highlights video of, uh, of the dev blocks. Well, I wouldn't say it's... I would say, yeah, I mean, you know, if, you, if you're just doing it off the cuff, kind of like, you know, point the camera at me and I'll run through what, that, what, we're, what we're kind of changing and stuff. Yeah, fair enough. But, like, as we've seen bo both in, you know, stuff that they've done like that and also written dev blogs, they do make mistakes every so often. And it's a lot easier mm -hmm. to go into a written dev blog and change it and augment it than go, oh, crap, we have to film that whole thing again in, in its entirety because, you know, oh, we've changed so this X, Y, and I'm Z. I'm thinking about uh, 
Why did why did they take out the captain's quarters? Why did they change the API to ESI? Why do do, do they? Uh, uh, I, I can well, tell you the answers to both of those, by the way, and that's uh, amount of time that it was taking them to make sure that it didn't break. Like with captain's quarters, yeah, it was that, taking it was taking well three dev weeks. It was taking three dev weeks a month to make sure that captain's quarters didn't crash everyone's computer when it loaded. Like. You can't tell me that that's a good investment. Of time, oh, it's not. Right? It's just that they need to well, explain it, and then I, I, I get any return. Well, they, they did. They did in, explain in, it, in, in Caleb. Instead, right? I, I know. I they know. did explain so it. Caleb it was sitting here saying, it, "Why didn't they explain this?" Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they did a whole thing on it. It was older technology that they couldn't continue to support. They needed to pull that old technology out because it was a pain in the ass and and, and expensive, right? Yeah, is it okay, worth my it? My point is that it doesn't reach the end level player. Just like uh, the number of people so, actually voting in the CSM, it's the same thing. Most players don't actually read the dev blog, so they are dependent on things like our shows or the, the EVE media to then cover this. And if, if we're supposed to do that, then maybe the interaction with CCP to uh, get that information out there should be a little bit better. So what, yeah. you're, what you're saying is that there should be CCP-led press conferences. I'm down for this. I would, I would 100% do that. That sounds fucking great. Well, well just yeah, think, think about, it. Think about this, like Jintan. The has, so the, the media actually have some sort of direct communication, so it's not as uh, problematic if, if we need information or clarification of things in the dev block or in, in, a, in a press release, whatever you want to call it. I just think that if they are depending on us to do this ourselves, they should engage with us more. Yeah. I, I gotta say though, just speaking of press conferences, that reminds me of something that we we kind of bandied about doing this summit. We were gonna have like a, a fucking press conference at the end of it, and we were like, "That's so fucking cheesy. Why would we do that?" But I'd be interested yeah. to hear your opinion on it, Caleb. Like. I loved what they did with the small videos from the CSM Summit. That was amazing. If they Wait, could do something similar with, uh, with features, would be even better. It's like I would that that would blow my mind. And collaboration uh, closer with uh, the Eve Media would would maybe make sure that CCP does not have to invest that much time and money in doing something like that. Why do you think CCP goes on so many podcasts currently? Exactly. It's just a, maybe helping it out, being a little bit. Uh, I don't know, more effective. Mm -hmm. Kind of like what they did with uh, EventT, right? They basically helped EventT to a level where EventT actually surpassed CCP. To be fair, that's an interesting story in and of itself. EventT is a, a unique company that could not have existed without very specific circumstances. True, but it, it's just a good uh, example of what they might want to do with the EVE media. Uh, and I think they're chasing the wrong uh, goals. I, I don't know if, if that's just me, but I do like what what they did with the with, with the um, 07 show uh, and, and changing that whole model a little bit. But I do think that they need to integrate more with uh, what I call the real EVE media. I don't, I don't know. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna shoot anyone. I'm just saying that the people that actually care about the game long term might be more interesting to CCP to collaborate with than some other people. Again, this whole conversation re revolves around more professional communication with your customers. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. what we've been saying, right? And CCP yeah, I, 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 needs to figure out how to do it. 
unfortunately, it seems that the executive team of CCP does not particularly value professional communication with their player base. So it's very clear. Like, I, I don't know what to say at this point. Like, you're not going to change the executive structure of CCP, realistically. That's probably the biggest thing. That's the first thing I'd change if I bought it. Well, sea level would be cleaned out. I'm going to. It would be cleaned out. It's valued at like minimum six hundred million dollars. Like they're not a small company. It's they're, not worth well, that they're, much. They're a small company in people numbers, but they're not a small financial company. Yeah, they're not worth six hundred million. Clearly, on paper, no oh. way. Plus, they're valued at nine hundred billion uh, euros earlier this year, but that was before the collapse of VR. So I don't know. Plus, you have to also factor in the catering company as well. Oh, yes, the catering company. They are top-notch. You know what? You know what? I'd spin that catering company off right now. We'd put them on our show on Food TV, and we'd make more money than they're making today. Yeah, and when, when you talk about things like valuation of a co corporation, right, then they definitely need to get back to the hype era because that's pretty much what drives investors and valuation. Uh, if there's vague and thin uh, keynote presentations at FanFest and Vegas, the valuation is going to tank. Well, I mean, uh, I'd like to actually uh, kind of, I'm, I'm not entirely certain whether they still do these sorts of things, but like, you know, I, I just distinctly remember that, you know, there always used to be a lot of um, uh, presentations that um, CCP devs um and you know, and the like did it at like game development conferences and stuff like that. I'm not sure whether they do much of that anymore, but like I imagine that is a good you know a good place to sort of you know do the very specific, very technical kind of uh, presentations that are more fitting for um, investors to kind of look at the you know look at the IPs and look at the company as a whole. I just don't know whether they do much of that at the moment. Because I know they used to. This is where I yell at Lashana for pinging me on Discord rather than watching the show. And he's actually yeah. asking me if I know which moons we're going to get in the moon thing for the Imperium. Really? I'm going to beat him over the head. With a rusty tire iron? Probably. So yeah, no, I mean, hey... And we got, uh, we got, well, we can stay on for about another 28 minutes because the meta show is on today. Um, oh, this is, I, I tell you what, we have had some great conversation, especially from Burandas and, and others um, in the chat. It's really been, uh, been an active chat and uh, I appreciate you guys uh, sharing with us all your opinions. It's still good, right? Um, again, yeah, you know, it, 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 and I understand what you're saying, Jintan. They just don't, uh, they just don't want a professional type of, uh, communication but i'm saying that you know if seagull wanted to run this shop with a professional set of communication coming out she could do that she doesn't need hilmer to 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 do that and approve that right i wouldn't think so i, I still think that it's uh the expectation level that's uh, gone down right the whole uh, the feeling if, if i was an investor right now we just talked about valuation of uh, of the shares if i was an investor at the moment i would not buy in but if you take me back to when they used to do the hype i would have overbought right i would have been disappointed as fuck and it, it, it would have tanked eventually but i would have bought in and i would have valued way over uh, actual uh, real value 
which is very important when you're trying to run a company and get credit and all that stuff and selling and buying your own stock. So True, but you don't want to burn your investors because then you, you get a bad reputation. No, no, no. I'm just saying that there there is fluctuations and when you're product developing, it it's ups and down. It's, it's not a continuous growth curve for any company, not even Apple. Well, that's almost a continuous growth curve, but... Uh, <laughs> I love you. I love the fact that you decided to 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 use as your example something which breaks your example. <laughs> it almost breaks it. If you look at, if you look at like well, you know. quarterly and and bi quarterly uh, periods, they do have some crashes. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. I I'd, I'd really like to argue. I, I just think that the CCP should have done something uh, in the realm of maybe going public a long time ago. Uh, but they missed the boat on that one, and I, I don't think that they will get another another chance. It really... And that most likely ties into the whole thing with the taxation and all that, and the level of uh, financial management you would need to actually uh, run a uh, publicly uh, traded company. Your accounting gets really complicated, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'd really like to argue with you, Caleb, on the, uh, and I'm trying to remember what point I wanted to argue with you on, uh, on the height. On the height. No, 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 no. I want to, but I can't. Right. So even when they did the the hype of walking in stations, and some people thought it was stupid, and it, it never came out. Right. It still gave you more of a positive feeling about the game uh, than I think you get now. And Jintan mentioned earlier, you know, if you talk to the average Eve player, we're not recruiting friends to play the game because we're just kind of in limbo, hoping the game gets better. Yeah, and we don't right. have we don't have any promises for them. And to me, it feels like I don't really know how to introduce them. I don't know where to park them. Of course, you can always say, "Well, just put, join Karma Fleet or Horde." But this is even now. I don't think that's really an option, right? So, it, it would I, have, I have to a be very controversial opinion about horrible. those new player organizations. I genuinely think they're terrible for the game and shouldn't be allowed to exist. What, what, well, I think what, what did I miss there? Could... What did I miss there? I have, I, have very, I have a controversial opinion about new player orgs. I think they're bad for the game and should never been allowed to exist. Yeah, what what the, kind of orgs? become a little bit I like sweatshop training, right? No, I think more to the point that they strangle the ability for new organizations to be created in New Eden. Like, ever since the beginning of time, new player organizations, like new organizations, maybe not things like Pandemic Legion, but more organic stuff like Tess and... Uh, but they also filter like a very specific. To a well, I do think they also filter a very specific kind of players to stay in the game, and the rest of is actually going to fall out. So I agree yeah. that there is a downside to new player organizations. They they they've monopolized the areas in which new players can go to. You know. Yeah, and they, no and they narrow. Like when I started the game, I, there was no place for me to go. Eve University was around, but it wasn't considered very highly at all no one was telling you to go to eve uni when i started the game in 2008 so i joined a tiny corporation in high sec and i had a lot of fun there and i learned a lot we went to low sec we did stuff naturally there eventually i moved to provident i feel like that natural kind of ramp up evolution is completely lost in the modern game and it's i, I don't know maybe maybe it's just me being a relic of the past but i do think that without that you're killing a lot of the social bonding, the kind of small groups that keep organizations together and create small entities. You know, 
I don't know if you guys remember in 2011, 2012, that was back when these new player groups were starting. You you had so many fucking shit tier alliances just sitting out in space that had like formed from friendship groups. You had places like Cascade Imminent. You had IRC. The only real remnant of that are just like these trash tier alliances that live in Ra uh, like in DRF, like Razor now. I miss oh, old Razor to be honest. I'm, old so, I'm not so sure I completely agree with you there, Jintan, because when I look at Gooniswarm, right? And by the way, I come from the original. I don't know. Till I joined, probably a year before I joined Gooniswarm, I, I hated Goons. I thought they were terrible for the game, right? And I've been playing since 2006. Um, I see inside of Gooniswarm a very big organization that that helps you play that game. Yet, with the average corporation size inside of Gooniswarm is actually pretty small, and you have that tight knit friendship closeness and rj's in our corporation so he kind of knows what that means right it's very tight-knit very small and we like it that way I, I totally get that and there are certainly places for it but i feel like a lot of potential recruits for those smaller organizations are being hoovered up by the braves and karma fleets and the hordes of the game and i don't think that long term that that is sustainable i think that eventually we'll see uh, problems arise due to that i'm not saying they're bad for the game right now and I think they do amazing work in helping new players understand the game and learn the game. Like, Braves Dojo system is one of the best, uh, I think, out there. And I really wish I'd had it when I started playing this game. I would have learned a lot faster. But, you know, it's it's something that I have a very controversial opinion on. And I'd like, I, I thought I might as well share it, just to start a conversation. Oh, that's all fair and well. Yeah, I mean, um, it's good stuff. I mean... I mean, I'm from, like, I started playing this game in 2000, late 2008, so, you know, I mean, from the organizations that you did name drop, I have been in a few of them, and I haven't been involved with a few of them as well, to be honest. Like, I was in sort of the, I, I probably wouldn't say the old, old Razor, but, I like, Razor when you, they were still living up in Tenal and all that kind of jazz. Like, <clears throat> I kind of get it, I, I do kind of understand where you're coming from. But it's not like when people come to this game and they make a new character, they don't sort of like go through the character creator and then go, oh, where would you like to go? Karma Fleet, you know, um, Brave Newbies, you know, fucking um, Pandemic Horde. Like, you know, you get dropped into the game and yeah, fair enough. Like, they do a fair amount of promotion here and there and everywhere. But like, I think if you're headstrong enough, you know, you, you can kind of work forge your way your through destiny. the game without actually yeah you 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 are free to forge your own destiny if you if if you're headstrong enough to do so i mean fundamentally that's why we all like this game right it's because yeah. we, we have friends in it and because we have the ability to do what we want to do no matter what it is you know your success in eve is only limited by your willingness to put in work which for a lot of people is something they don't feel they have in other aspects of their life it's an escapist fantasy. So that's why it's a good hobby. Exactly. So I kind of feel like, to some degree, um, you're a little bit wrong there. But like, I understand where the monopolization of, um, you know, tempting new players to certain areas rather than kind of saying, the world is your oyster, go have fun. Um, but then again, this game is huge. And, you know, you do kind of need... 
a little bit of a helping hand in knowing, in understanding the mechanics and the fundamentals. Yeah, and it doesn't like help I... that uh, you still have... Uh, uh, they've flattened the game when it comes to specialization. That means that you don't really get time to specialize as a new player or figure out what you want to try out because you're, you're being uh, out-competed left, right, and center because the barrier of entry is too high. Maybe, maybe the maybe the uh, politicization, pol political, I don't even know. Like maybe, yeah, yeah, that that particular one. Um, maybe, maybe you know, doing that to new players and like you know, causing them to for people, causing them to have people look at them, kind of going, "Oh, you used to be part of this, that, and the other organization." You know, when quite clearly they were new to the game, they had no idea what they were doing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you know, they shouldn't actually be in any way stained with uh, any kind of uh, ramifications for being, you know, part of that political kind of, uh, you know, sphere of the Eve universe. Like, maybe that is a bit of an issue, and that could—that's probably going to end up being becoming more and more of an issue. Like, I'm not sure whether that's kind of the angle that you kind of don't like about the new player groups, Jin. Like the... No, no, I, I don't mind that at all, because I think that long-term, that what you're describing there is the fact that you have a bad, you have a bad thing on your corp history, therefore you don't get in, don't get to play in my spaceship guild. That's self-correcting. Like, over time, either people will put less value on that because they're a new player group, or your corporation will die. Like, that's just self, that's a self-correcting problem. Either you recruit less because you don't like the people, or you lower your recruitment standards to deal with the new landscape of EVE Online. That's just a... It's like the argument I had with Dunk Dinkle uh, <laughs> on the open comms yesterday. Oh, you mean the shout down? Where we were talking about logistics, and I was like, <laughs> well, if you're having too much problems like sorting out your logistics, why don't you consider having less citadels? And, you know, that, that seems like a self-correcting problem, or a problem that can self-correct. But the, but the problem uh, has arisen because CCP kept giving the end-level players uh, the value that was supposed to be handed to new players, right? This is the uh, Tier 1 materials in other MMORPGs, right? Oh. Usually they, they cost a fuck ton because most players have leveled out of them. And if you then have um, uh, horizontal integration like you do in EVE, so everything keeps uh, requiring the lower end materials, right? If you undervalue that by letting your end level uh, characters being able to source that proportionally uh, at their level, then it's got no value to the new players. That means you can't integrate them into the gameplay, into the economy. And that's the same with logistics. If you made uh, end level logistics being able to dominate all logistics, right? Like five players servicing a hundred citadels, then there's no need for new players. They don't have a value for even small-time jobs like shipping fuel. Well, I think personally, like five characters dealing with a hundred, a uh, hundred citadels, like it all depends on you know the systems and the methodologies that they're going to be utilizing in order to do that. Like, uh, and I think that's kind of like one of the things that Jin was talking about with regards to uh, Dunk and the fact that you know they, you know, he's wanting some 
some kind of like he, uh, he's, he's wanting to like some help, help right? He, he he wants yeah, yeah, yeah he wants some 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 gameplay elements given to him that eases the ability for his logistics to be able to do what they do, so they can do more of what they do at the moment. Whereas I think I think uh, I think what actually needs to happen is uh, maybe Dunk's, uh, Dunk Dunkle and his uh, logistics crew need to have a think on how they do what they do rather than how much they do what they do. There's a couple of things I tried explaining to him in that episode that would make his life easier. Like, he was complaining about having to go and check Citadels, and I don't think he's aware that CCP has now let you have an infinite amount of accounts that can always play for free. Like, we, ju I just have a list, uh, sorry, a, a spreadsheet, a Google Doc specifically, where I just have, like, 20 accounts that I put in all our photos on. Uh, sorry, an account for each Fortisar, and if it gets pinged, I can just log it on and take a look at it. So, like, what what do you I have to that, that many? Yeah, accounts? Exactly. What do you and have that's... to go there and check? Let me ask. Let's start. Well, no, there. but it's just easier to log a dude in and check who's already there than get in a ship and fly three, four, five jumps but, and potentially. But that's what I'm asking. What what are we checking? You looking for no, how much just, fuel is left? We're using, we're using it as an example. We're using it as an example of better ways to do something rather oh, okay. than yeah. being given new tools designed by the devs in order to do something that you could you could do already just with a little bit more thought put into it. I got you, I got you. I, I will say that I'm not like, fuck all logistics pilots forever, you know, people who do my work for me, you can, you know, suck a dick, I want my job to be even harder. That's not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like, I'd love it if CCB introduced like 20 things to the game that, you know, made logistics Sim not simpler, but um, less painful. That would be a nice addition to the game. Yeah, the problem um, is that when you when, when you suggest this, this, right, you overpower the end level player, which means that they just take over all the potential specialization of new players. That means that you're back at the oh, let's let's boost the logistics uh, capabilities so you can uh, service two hundred structures with five players. That's what they've been doing. Yeah, but that is that is that is strategy games in a nutshell. It's you know the person who can think and do the thing the most efficient way gets the rewards because they get the new players don't, don't have any service role. They don't have anything to do except be a meat shield and an F one monkey. You're, you're both actually talking here about no, the same because, point. Because you're, you're talking past each other. What Caleb is saying is he's saying the organization should have a need. To have players who can specialize within their organization. And McLeod is saying organizations should be made in such a way that specialization is important. You're both saying the same thing. Yeah. You're both saying that these organizations should be built in such a way. You're sorry, McLeod's saying the way it is right now is because it's not efficient to have people in that way. And Caleb's saying it should be. And then you two are just getting mad at each other. Like, you're both arguing the exact same point here. Yeah, and I'm just That's saying that, that the point is that CCP should not design to boost and overpower end-level players, because if they do that, they are just making less players able to do and service the same bigger growing organization. And, and that's what you've seen with, with logistics. It's what you've seen with raw pool mining. It's pretty much everything they do. They keep adding infinity or scalability in a way that doesn't incentivize gameplay or specialization. But Caleb, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, like the 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 skills and required to do those kinds of things, 
I'm not saying needs to be in-game skills to fly ships or to be able to do this. You know, skills that skills that you need to train up in game. I'm saying these are skills that people should have. Like you, like you know, you know, be able to you know skills that they can have as you a. Mean, you mean transferable skills yeah, or transferable skills, skills from from real life? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the point yeah. is, that in the past, we didn't have any ability to public service anything, right? You couldn't uh, publicly uh, get anyone to go and fuel your pause. It had to be internally handled. But if you want to service 100 uh, pauses with fuel, put up contracts or use uh, courier contracts. This is not rocket science. If you don't have the manpower or the specialist in-house, outsource it. This is what structure has given us start using it let's use this huge step in eve uh, ecology and design so it it becomes possible to say okay i don't, i just want to shoot stuff everything else i'm just going to outsource by putting up uh, buy orders or contracts or hiring a specific corp to do it don't Game expect it to be easy logistics i love it <laughs> i love that idea and we already use that to some extent in the game like uh, red frog freight are very big on that as i'll push out i love i love red frog Red Frog is, is the biggest thing that, that uh, Eve has had when it comes to product development or specialization. And the fact that CCP didn't actually decide to try and boost that by adding some design uh, UI optimization for that purpose is a tragedy. Because the, 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 the way that it's handled is still horrible. Okay. I do kind of feel like, you know, CCP should give a little bit more love to, uh, you know, people like Red Frog. Or at least Red, Red Frog should actually have a, a little bit more of a voice, you know, to, to the devs uh, than they do currently. And and organizations of that form as well, that are just generally public form, uh, public kind of service organizations in the game. I've said many times, Eve is a journey, and what you start out doing, maybe in 2006, and you think is the right thing in the game, you can change based on not being bored in Eve, right? Hey, I'm bored doing a lot of PvP, I want to go do industry for a while, right? I'm bored with industry, I want to go do PvP, or I want to be on a logistics team somewhere, or something like that. Eve is the only game in the world that gives you the ability to change what you're doing so dramatically and the capability to enjoy something else. And that's what play, that's the journey players need to understand as they come in. And if you choose to be a small corporation, you can't do what giant alliances do and don't expect to do that. But if you want to do those things, engage with a large group of people and learn how to do those things and learn how to talk to a large group of people. It's all equally, part there's, of growth. Equally, there's stuff that you can do as a small corporation that you can't do very well as a large organization. And that's something I think a lot of people forget. Absolutely. I mean, I still remember the time when I'm, I actually got in touch with a guy who offered a service of actually being able to drop a um, uh, a pause for me in high sec, uh, so I could have a high sec. Uh, um, like manufacturing pods, and I thought that was really cool. Like I, I just, I genuinely didn't realize that that was actually a, a, a particular kind of um, service that someone did until I actually found out, uh, found it. 
it was pretty awesome. Uh, I don't think you can really do that anymore. Uh, no, you can't, but, but I do remember uh, what you you're can, talking about. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, that's the thing. It's kind of like, you know, like these like little niche sort of things uh, that you find in eve that people are doing it's just yeah it's amazing right yeah back in the day when you had to have the appropriate standings to drop a pause in high second things like that right yeah that's right you would give it to people and they would drop it for you and then they would you know leave your corporation Mm -hmm. there's also people who did that for creating alliances if i remember correctly uh because you need a certain skill to create alliance and a lot of people didn't have it so who so you would pay someone a billion to make your alliance I've got to wrap in the next two or three minutes here, but there's one question I had for the group here because I haven't been paying as much attention as I probably should have been. Weren't we promised in the uh, in the winter patch this whole stations are going away to replace by these new Fortazars and all this stuff, and now it's February and we're talking about Citadel 2.0, but no mention of this big change that oh, was supposed to happen. Yeah, Where there was is that? Mention. It's coming. Okay, the, the faction, the faction ones, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they delayed that because they didn't think Citadels were in a good enough place to replace stations, and the changeover will be coming in summer. They, 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 they shifted that back full, uh, backwards because uh, Jintan got on his knees, his knees and pleaded with them that uh, he didn't want to have CVA and uh, Providence taken. <laughs> what are you talking about? It would have been great if they did it three months ago because it would be over. Now we've got a second war. Great. Yeah. <laughs> They, couldn't, no, have, they and, couldn't have done it whilst FCON was dying. They had to wait until FCON died and then do it. Fucking sweet. Now I'm like the only content in EVE Online. And fucking PL is going to be up my ass 24-7. Great. Well, at least oh, no, no, no. no. Don't worry. We're bringing, them, we're bringing them up to Cloud Ring. Don't worry. They anchored a new Keep Star nice and close. Every, every, okay, so every time you guys have reinforced their, their Keep Star, we've just reinforced everything in Providence that they own. See, it's fucking great. See, Jintan, you should bring a couple big subcap fleets up to these things. It'd be a ball. I hear it's going to well, be a, just a, just a ballroom blitz stuff. on Tuesday, right? I actually might run something on that Tuesday time. Though. That'd be nice. What time is it again? Isn't it like midday? I, I hope it's not midday. I hope it's early dinner time or something. Otherwise, I can't participate. I'll have to check my uni schedule, but I actually ironically might lead a fleet to that. I think you guys need cool. to come up. You know what? Call your friends. Come on up. Let's go beat down a keep star. I think you vastly overestimate the size of fleets that CVA can put on currently. Nah, nah. You just, you just, you just want a nice keep star on your killboard. I'm telling you, everybody who wants a keep star on their killboard, come on over to Nine Tac Four and Cloud Ring. Help Goon Swarm take this son of a bitch down. Come on, guys. You <laughs> all want a keep star on your kill mail. Come on. One of them was my own one, so I can't be like super smug about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the 3D tech keep star. That, that, that keep star. The only thing that I can say about that keep star was mistakes were made. Mistakes were, so, made. mistakes were made. You know, when we're done with this one, rumor has it there's a PL one real close that's next, so who knows? By the way, I completely made that rumor up. I'm starting it here on the show. Just so you Arendis, know. I will have you know that CVA has a whole. 15 people in our super cap channel yeah but one do they have super caps it's great to have that many yeah people. <laughs> yeah but they've got direct level computers they've they can oh, literally oh. Run like they can literally run like 30 uh 30 super cap uh uh characters at once uh, right? no we have like 
I, I think if I went all hands on dick, like, I need every Titan to jump in, I'd probably get, like, ten supers. Can't Delve actually uh, sell some uh, army surplus? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 fucking uh, Aaron, if you're listening to this. You only really Aaron, need... Listening to this, I need you to Iran contra me, like, a shit ton of supers. Just, like, <laughs> let's make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, uh, five trillion appeared in Jintan's wallet. You know, you know, Jintan. I hear there's a couple on contract in J5A. Come on up, we'll let you buy them. Not that I have any power to let that happen. That's you know, I don't. I have no power, but it would be fun. Just come on up, CVA. We'll give you a couple supers. Let's beat down on this Keepstar. No, seriously, don't I'm worry, sorry, I have no power. The old doctrines that are not being used anymore. All hey, right. If you wanna, if you if you wanna drop like four boson titans on anything in, uh, you know, on Tuesday, go for it. Like, because apparently, I'm gonna say that was so fucking ridiculous. The fact that we have gotten to the point now in the game where PL can just be like, yeah, I guess we'll just throw three titans at this. Doesn't matter if they die. That's just such a fucking meme level of this game now. It's it's like, hey, PH, I got some, uh, I got some nice property in nine four to sell you. Hey, that's just repurposed Arknor, Bistot, and Crockite, really, if we're actually genuinely talking about it. If you think about it, everything's just Tritanium. Everything comes back to Trit. There you go. Exactly. Getting into Cloud Ring is easy, that's guys. That's what I was saying specifically. That you nah, know, it still requires, yeah. still still requires trit. Tritanium. You need, you need Trit to build the miners so that you can mine the other minerals so that you can build the moon mining structure. Sorry, so yeah, so that you can build the moon mining structures, and you also need uh, yeah, to make the, the custom tree. Right. Therefore, everything revolves around trip. We're getting yelled at by by rune shift. Not we revolve around know. trip in some way. All right, yeah, so the, is... next, the next RMT record should be uh, CS uh, titanium, but then titanium. We've literally got one minute. So <laughs> All right, guys, we got a wrap. We got meta show coming up. Jintan, I want to thank you uh, for for hopping in, and obviously RJ for sharing your family time with us. Yeah, yeah. Caleb Meta Cloud, thank is, uh, you. Next. Yeah. I'm not sure whether Eric's actually like saying anything. Or... So off we go, and Meta Show's up next. Thank you, everybody, for a great time, and thank you for the audience for all the follows and everything that you did today. We appreciate the very active uh, chat window, so thanks. Later, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.